on this episode of Binged. Hubie Halloween. Hubie Dubois, Adam Sandler, thanklessly spends every Halloween making sure the residents of his hometown, Salem, celebrate safely and play by the rules. But this year, an escaped criminal and a mysterious new neighbor have Hubie on high alert. When people start disappearing, it's up to Hubie to convince the police, Kevin James, Keenan Thompson, and townsfolk that the monsters are real and only he can stop them. Hubie Halloween is a hilarious family film about an unlikely hero with an all-star cast, including Julie Bowen, Ray Liotta, Noah Schnapp, Steve Buscemi, and Maya Rudolph. Produced by Happy Madison. So to me, the ultimate purpose of a Halloween movie or a holiday movie is to invoke the spirit of the holiday. Um, and that's why we watch the same movies every year, like Hocus Pocus during Halloween or Planes, Trains, and Automobiles during Thanksgiving, Elf, Christmas Vacation, and all the other Christmas specials, the classics for Christmas. Um, we already know the plot. We already know the jokes, but we watch them every year to get in the spirit. And I think Hubie Halloween achieves this. It kind of gives us the common holiday trope where everybody in the town is is overly obsessed with the holiday. And it gives us like all these, you know, expected Halloween locations, like a, a high school party with a spiked punch bowl, a dark spooky maze, a drive-in theater, a small town diner, a haunted house. And so I think it achieves that that kind of goal of a holiday movie to get us in the spirit. What do you guys think? To me, I put a different hat on when I watch an Adam Sandler movie. I'm there for the laughs. I'm not there for the analysis of all everything else that goes along with the holiday. So it's just funny hearing hearing your interpretation. You you saw a lot more of the holiday stuff. I saw a lot more of the, hey, it's Adam Sandler and the boys getting together for another laugh. Yeah, Eric, I think you hit the nail on the head right there, talking about why we watch holiday movies. And going into it, as far as Halloween goes, you have kind of like your jokey magic movies, and then you have like the horror thrillers. And I am so far on the other spectrum from horror movies, it's not even funny. Like, I was a little bit worried going into this if there was going to be any jump scares. That's how bad I am with horror movies. But this was the perfect Halloween movie. It had laughs. It had a little bit of, like, mystery to it. There was, like, two jump scares in the entire thing that weren't that bad. This will be one of those movies, throw it up there with the Halloween Towns, with the Hocus Pocuses. We'll listen to it, or we'll watch it every year. I'm not going to lie. I think this may have been the best movie I've seen in the past couple of years. And that's not, I, I don't really watch a lot of new movies. I like my classics. But like Eric said, this is going to be a Halloween classic for me. I'm probably going to watch it again over the next couple of weeks just because I thought it was that good. But it had a little bit of everything. Had the laughs, a little bit of emotion at the end. Um, and it really had a little, a little bit of jump here and there in the haunted house. I was like, Oh, I'm not really sure what's going to happen. A little murder aspect to it. Overall, I thought it was a great Adam Sandler movie. I think this is definitely going back to his older days, sort of even with the grown ups or like the Billy Madison with his funny voices and the funny antics and this crew, when they come together, there's really nothing better. So what, what Halloween movies do you guys watch every year? And do you think you'll add this to your, to your list next year when you go to watch Halloween movies? 
Well, you have Hocus Pocus. You have the Peanuts movie that you have to watch every year. That's always a good. I mean, not the right, Peanuts. Right. Sorry. Yeah, the Peanuts. Yeah. What's the Peanuts? Wait, are we talking Charlie about Charlie Brown? Brown? Charlie Brown. Okay, yeah, Charlie yeah, yeah. Brown. Yeah. The pumpkin patch, right? Yeah. So you have the Charlie Brown that you watch every year. The Hocus Pocus. Um, there are a couple other Disney movies, aren't there? Is it Halloween Town? Is that the name of it? Oh, one? Halloween Town. That's a good one. On our popcorn scale, what do you guys give it? You know the you know the popcorn scale. For those who don't know it, buttered is must must watch. Popped is good. Kernels forgettable. Burnt is bad. Corn is so bad it's good. Let's uh let's start out with James. If we're being honest, I think this is his favorite movie. This is buttered for sure. I I yeah, it's a must watch for me. I, everyone has to like this. If you like Adam Sandler movies, you gotta watch it. If you don't like Adam Sandler movies and you think he's a little overrated or his recent movies haven't been good, give it a chance because I think it does go back to his good old days. I'd go popped. I'd say it's good. Not necessarily a must-watch, but it got gets you in the spirit for Halloween, so I think uh, worth a watch to me. Big, what do you think? So I'm in the buttered camp as well, and I think it's one of those things where one of the reasons that I like movies is rewatchability. Mm-hmm. I don't often seek out like the new big production, giant budget, a-lister lined Hollywood movie. I'm much more of a, you know, it's a weekday night and something is on cable. Let's watch it. And those are the type of movies that stick to me. That's why I'm going buttered because like we've talked about a few times, this is going to be something you watch multiple times. I'm going popped. I I thought it was a good movie. Uh, I, I guess it is an inter- interesting question to entertain. Like if we, if you guys are saying it's, if it's must watch, you're saying it's must watch every year, like because I think you could convince Eric and I that it's a must watch every Halloween. Easily every Halloween, I would say. Eric, is that enough for you to give it a? I'd say must watch. I, I think it's good. Not, necess- I mean, Butter to me is is another level of a movie where it's, it's it's so good you you have to watch it. Where this it's it's a fun movie but not must watch. Spoilers ahead. Stop now and watch this episode's featured Netflix original. So the movie begins with Ben Stiller playing a jail guard. And he's basically the same character he was in Happy Gilmore. That was one of the immediate things that made me chuckle. As I laughed and I said, this is awesome. We're starting on perfect par for Happy Gilmore, for Adam Sandler movies, where... We got the boys back together. So we get a little mystery with somebody, a man escaping from the psych ward. We don't know who it is. A little Halloween mystery to kind of get the gears going on the start of the movie. And then we, we switch scenes. We get the Monster Mash. Greatest Halloween, only Halloween song there is. Truth. And so Huyubi's riding his bike. Um, and, you know, it's Adam Sandler as Hubie uh, playing, you know, an interesting character. A character he seems to have played before. Uh, what, what do you guys make of of the Hubie character? It's Bobby, right? It, it's it's got to be Bobby. It goes even deeper than that. He's playing Canteen Boy, who was one of his like OG SNL skits. I mean, you could say that. You could say it was a mix of Happy Gilmore in there too, 
There was some Billy Madison. Jeez, like I don't know. He he was a mashup of everything he's been in the past. And so in this first scene of Hubie, we see him riding his bike, and we get introduced to to Violet Valentine, played by Julie Bowen, and she's kind of introduced as a love interest. Um, and then we cut to Hubie. He's working at the meat counter, and we kind of we kind of see a little bit of how the town treats treats Hubie at the meat counter. He gets bullied. He gets bullied. Yeah, Ray Liotta is. Is the primary bully. Go ahead, Big. Yeah, he gets bullied by Ray Liotta, who we see was clearly some sort of like high school relationship with Hubie. Probably has been making fun of him his entire life. But not just that. He gets bullied by like the teenage kid that he's working with. So this isn't just like a normal like, oh, this guy's a loser in town. He's getting picked on by the high school kids. And we see what started out, what made him fall off the bike was he was getting objects thrown at him by even like young teenagers. So this guy just gets harassed by literally everyone in town, and we see it come to uh, come to a breaking point when the kid scares him, put putting on a lamb's head mask and hiding under the counter. Like it's just so perfectly like an Adam Sandler scare to start the movie. It's just perfect. Then we meet Kevin James, who's the the town cop, and we learn that he's he's he was involved in the arrest and the trial of. The escaped inmate whose name is Richie Hartman that we saw escape in the first scene of the movie and so we watch Hubie he he makes his way to his house and he meets his new neighbor kind of a suspicious new neighbor the way to his house I thought was hilarious <laughs> when he's getting all the objects thrown at him every time he's on the bike and they progressively get right they progressively weirder and just weirder. get worse <laughs> well, I didn't even catch that I'm trying to look back right now. Like, well, throughout the I, movie, they get worse. Like at the end, it starts being like arrows, like dude, flaming he get, arrows. He gets a fridge at tossed at him. <laughs> yeah. So the the neighbor, whose name is Walter Lambert, he's a little bit suspect. He, what'd you guys make of Walter Lambert? So I think this was set up so that you know, like you said, first movie or first scene. We see a guy break out from a mental asylum, and then one of the following scenes, we see a guy moving into a house that people had just moved from, and he's clearly a sketchy character. Whether he's just weird or creepy or both, I think it was definitely set up to make the audience at least kind of think, you know, maybe this is that psychopath that just broke out. Exactly. Yeah, I I completely agree. And then at the end, before... He says bye to Hubie. He tells him not to worry if there's any weird noises coming from his house. So then it's like, okay, this guy seems to be a murderer or something. And Hubie's all freaked out by that. And so Mr. Lambert's played by Steve Buscemi. Was, is he a throwback to other Adam Sandler movies? I couldn't remember. Oh, yes. oh God, yeah. Oh. Big time. He a- was in Happy Gilmore, right? He is. The- he was in Happy. He was in. Um, he's in, he's he in Grown also- Ups as the guy that's always in the cast. He's in, he was uh, in Billy Madison. He's in Billy Madison. He hosts the game show. Yeah. So next we get a, a deeper look into Violet's life. She has some kids, uh, but then we find out they're foster kids and that she's four years divorced from Kevin James. Right. Yeah. And then this is where we also see QB opening opening up his high school yearbook. And so what did Violet and Valentine win? The Triple Crown or something? Uh, yep. What did he Most call it? Most attractive. Um, Most popular. Yep, and some and another third. Most award. friendly and most friendly. Yeah, and this is also around the time when we meet his mother too. Uh, she goes out and says that she went to a thrift store with one of her friends, 
This is one of the best things that Sandler does in his movies. She comes home with a shirt that says boner donor. And they go back and forth saying that a boner is like a mistake and it's a funny joke. But throughout the movie, you she wears probably 15 to 20 different of these funny sexual shirts. And you just constantly see it. And I think that's something that I love about Adam Sandler and he does in his movies. Yeah, he also goes on to use the word boner like 20 times. He actually tries to use it as if it's a word I think for that was a mistake. bit of like a, a Frindle situation. You guys know Frindle? Frindle. I know Frindle. What's that? Um, Frindle was a book, like it's like a children's book where the these group of kids in like a school oh. start using the word Frindle to mean pencil, and eventually it ends up in the dictionary. So then, cut to Peanut dying, who's the the farmer's dead pig now, um, and that's being investigated by the cop Kevin James. And we get a little more mystery, a little Halloween mystery of why is this pig died, and we kind of we get the sense that it has something to do with you know the escaped convict, maybe the neighbor, all the kind of the suspect things we've seen so far into the movie. What do you guys make of the pig? I figured it was one of those things where you suspected that it was the neighbor, Mr. Lambert, who killed him, but it had a little deeper meaning that it was, that was thrown in there to kind of throw you off the scent a little bit. I don't know. It was too obvious that he came into town and then the pig died right away. So I think it was something to throw you off a little bit. Yeah, we had Kevin James kind of surveying the scene and he finds like the flower on the ground. And, of course, Kevin James is eating something, as shows up throughout the entire movie. He's eating some sort of candy. But he kind of picks up this flower, and you're looking at it, and then you're trying to connect how that would be related to one of the two suspects that are in our head at the time. So, I mean, this was one of those scenes that it clearly is trying to show us something. It's just at the time, you kind of thought, or I don't know about you guys, I kind of thought, same thing, James, like, this was sort of like a throw-you-off-the-scent spin you in a different direction digging deeper into the, the walter walter lambert mystery according to violet hubie has a little conversation with her um walter lambert's already dead and then hubie investigates a little bit further he looks at the tombstone and there's no deceased state yeah so does she he learns that from violet valentine when they're at the uh the halloween dance right for the kids isn't that when she mentions it to him no, they're at the museum. Was that the thing with the word searches? Yeah. Yeah, they're at the, oh, witchcraft, the witchcraft museum. museum. Okay. I thought that was a funny scene if we want to talk about that. Which which is a real life thing in Salem, too. What, the witch museum? Yeah. So go ahead. Let's get into that scene because that was funny. So this is one of my favorite scenes. Just from the chuckle Adam Sandler point, uh, he, he comes up. He's such a nice guy. You know, he's he's... Very meek, very humble. And he says to the nun, uh, I did the liberty of printing out some word searches for the kids. And she's, he hands him a, hands her a giant stack of word searches and she just dumps them in the trash. I, that was so funny. <laughs> that was one of those moments where I thought James was laughing out loud, so I just threw it off. I think, yeah, I think that was like my first like full hauler of the movie. It was definitely one of them. It wasn't my top, but I thought that whole scene was just so awkward because... This is the point of what's the movie where we really see that Violet sort of had a crush on Hubie. And Hubie is just so oblivious. I mean, she is like two inches from his mouth, like wanting to make out with him. And he's just like, uh, I don't know. And it just goes on about like his his family going back back to the witch trials and everything. But uh, this is the first time that Hubie actually has some type of 
interaction with the woman, which was interesting. One last one last point to kind of think about with this scene is Hubie talks about how I think it was one of his ancestors ended up being hung as a witch. Yeah, it was his great, 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 great grandmother going back to the 1600s. Okay, let's make our way to Halloween night, where we have Hubie acting as like the town monitor. He enters the neighbor's home seeing empty cans of dog food. There is some feces on the newspaper, and he discovers that Walter is a werewolf. Yeah, so uh, first of all, when he goes down, there's just kind of a, a caveat about his character. He carries around this thermos with him, of which is kind of what he calls it, a Swiss, a Swiss army blade of thermos. And it kind of turns into anything he needs at the time. And when he goes down there, it happens to turn into a flashlight. And we've seen it be an umbrella, a shovel, um, a hairdryer at times. Uh, I thought that was like a good add-in for the movie. Yeah, he used it as a vacuum to clean up the glass in his window when he threw his yearbook out the window. Then he used it as a screwdriver to get into Mr. Lambert's house. Which, also to bring back, Mr. Lambert, for some reason, in like one of their first conversations, was like boarding up their house. And he's like, oh, by the way, if you hear anything in here hear any commotion don't come in Mm -hmm. so i think this is when hubie does all this he does this investigative work does he take it right to kevin james so yeah i think kevin james kind of he discredits him doesn't really doesn't listen to him and that's where kevin james gives him a job as an undercover cop he gives him a a job to keep all a log of all the activity he witnesses in the town and then just throws it away and it's kind of a technique to get Hubie to stop contacting the police because we kind of see a montage of all the times Hubie in the past has has brought kind of erroneous complaints to the police. Right. And then Hubie, then he really takes off into his full Halloween monitor self where he's wearing the sash that says monitor. And then, then in the next scene, we see him show up at the party. And I mean, he, he's he's trying to be a good guy. This is another one of those scenes where you see He'll be just trying to do the right thing. He loves the spirit of Halloween and he wants to keep make sure everyone's having good, safe fun. And the kids are not about it. No, one of the town bullies tricks him into going into the, the corn maze to search for a kid and they plan on scaring him. Then stuff gets real. Yep. So in the maze, we got Little Red Riding Hood, the barista, and the adopted freshman Tommy. And you know, they're good people. They go searching for Hubie in the maze to let him know that it was all a joke. Yeah, so I think it was Deli Mike Mundy who sends them into the corn maze. And then, so this is the part where we actually, where we get Brian out of his seat a little bit scared. And so your first thought, or at least my first thought was to think, this is Mr. Lambert as the werewolf or whatever he is. And he, does he first take Mike Mundy? I forget who he first takes. The first character is Mike. Yep. In the cornfield. So yeah, I thought that was a great scene. It was very suspenseful. You knew something was going to happen to the bully in the corn maze. Just the way they set it up, you knew something was going to happen. I actually, I got a little nervous because like Red Riding Hood and Tommy, the kid from Stranger Things, go in there to kind of help Hubie. And I thought something was going to happen to them at first. And they kind of make it seem that way because of the screams. But then they end up, you know, they find Hubie, they tell him to leave. So Hubie's like, okay. You guys leave. I won't follow you. I don't want to watch. Teenagers in a corn maze. And then Hubie, of course, ends up going the wrong way to get himself out. And that's when he runs into the bully. 
Next, we go to the drive-in theater. So Hubie, they they kind of plan a prank to to bully Hubie. So he gets run out of the the, the drive-in theater by a prank. And in the woods, he sees a werewolf. And the werewolf seems nice. The werewolf is Mr. Lambert. This is This is true. And this is also a foreshadowing because we saw that the bully Mike bullied Hubie. And now he's gone. And now we're having another pair bully Hubie and something happens right after this. Yeah, so right after this, while Hubie is making his way through the woods to come up to the haunted house, the Hennessys are on their way home and they come to a dark road surrounded by a corn maze, I believe, and there's what appears to be a scarecrow stuck in the middle of the road. So my Rudolph tells Tim Meadows to get out of the car and Tim Meadows is a odd character in this. He's wearing a great costume, by the way, too. One of the best costumes in the movie. He has, like, the headless man with the hands right in front of his face. So he goes up and tries to check out the Scarecrow. And while Maya Rudolph is texting on her phone, she looks up and he's gone. So she gets out thinking that he's just trying to play a prank on her. She goes up to the Scarecrow. And as she looks the Scarecrow in the face, we see her also get kind of dragged away as did all of the other bullies so far. Right. We get the perspective from the monster's eyes. It's like pumpkin-shaped eyes, but we don't know what the monster looks like or who it is. And they, at this point in the movie, this is where I kind of got the idea that, they, uh, that the monster, whoever it was, whoever, or what it was, was protecting Hubie. Yeah, I still had no idea. I was Same. so long for the ride, but, I mean, it makes way more sense thinking back at it now. And then so after that, Mr. Lambert, he comes thrashing through his own door in his own house. He pulls out the handcuffs from his cupboard and he locks himself to his refrigerator. And then this was the part that kind of raised my eye. So then I think, so remember at the beginning of Halloween night, there's a guy in or what looks to be a man in the male nurse costume with the pig hat on. Then that guy comes into Mr. Lambert's house, right? Yeah, so that was the escaped convict that we had assumed all along, or the escaped man from the asylum, um, and he ended up showing up to Mr. Lambert's house, which happened to be Rob Schneider, another one of their part of their cast. So um, this was just kind of tying in, you know, more characters along the way. Did you guys think this was Rob Schneider when you first saw the guy? Because we see him pretty early on. He's taking a leak on Hubie's front lawn, and then we also see him when. Um, Violet's kids are going to look for their brother who's supposed to be babysitting them. We see him standing on the sidewalk and he evidently ends up helping them get to where they need to go because he told them how to get to that secret path. Oh, I never picked up on that. Yeah, because remember back when, when later on when Hubie goes and gets Violet's family all back together, th they say, oh, we took that, um, I forget what path they called it. And he was like, oh, the only one that knew about that was me and my old friend, Richie Hartman. Uh, yeah, I never picked up on that. Interesting. I had no idea that was Rob Shander, though. No, that, but that was, that was a great another caveat. So now we get the haunted house scene. Right. And so at, at the haunted house, that's where the, the husky shows up. And he restarts talking to the husky. And he calls him Mr. Lambert. And he's like telling him to sit and stay and all this stuff. And then it turns out to be the teacher's dog, right? Yep. And was 
Yeah, was Ray Liotta behind this? He gets to it, but what led Hubie into the haunted house was uh, Mr. Lambert, a.k.a. the Husky, went into the haunted house, and Hubie ends up chasing him, but before he goes in, he grabs a silver bullet, because in order to kill a werewolf, you have to put a silver bullet between its eyes. So he grabs a silver bullet off some kid waiting in line. It's his Halloween costume gun. And Hubie chases the dog into the house, then tries to throw the bullet at the husky to, you know, take out Mr. Lambert. He's trying to protect the town. And the husky just jumps up and eats the bullet. Husky runs away. Hubie gets a little scared. And then that's when the Ray Liotta character tries to go into the house to scare him. Right, and then after that, then we see Kevin James comes back in because he went to go investigate what was going on with the dog there at the haunted house. And Kevin James gets a phone call from down at the station from Keenan Peel. Well, he goes to investigate the haunted house because Ray, Ray Liotta's character gets captured while he's trying to hide to scare Hubie. Wait, why were they after Ray Liotta? Because Ray Liotta is one of Hubie's biggest bullies. So he he was hiding in the corner while waiting for Hubie to come around the corner, and that's when he got captured. So then following that, that's why eventually, this is after um, the Kevin James sergeant found out that the Hennessy's had gone missing. So finally he perked his ears up because now the high school bully's missing and the Hennessy's have gone missing. So now he's like, oh, maybe Hubie wasn't lying. I should probably go check this out. Right, so then we get the call from the second police officer down at the police department. And Hartman and Lambert have both turned themselves in. They're both just crazy people. Neither of them are the killer. And so it's kind of our expectations are turned on their head. Who's the killer? Who's protecting Hubie? Who's the monster? So at this point in the haunted house, uh, Kevin James hangs up the phone and the attention gets drawn to Hubie because as we've been talking about, there's a clear line that... He's connected to all the people that have been kidnapped so far. And as do most murder investigations and kidnappings go, you try to find a link between everybody to see the connection. Then Hubie ends up duping them in just the most classic way. He says, look, the killer, or something along those lines. And every- no, he says, he says Frankenstein and they turn yeah, around. Everyone turns around and Hubie disappears and runs out of the house. And Hubie goes to the radio station where he meets Shaq. So I heard that Shaq was in this movie, and this was like the least... (laughs) First of all, throughout the entire movie, you have a radio going on in the background, and it's a woman's voice, and it turns out to be Shaq, which was one of the biggest shocks of the entire movie. But it was just another great part of adding in all these celebrities where you just would least expect them. So it it was funny to see Shaq. Right. And Shaq gives him the hint that Violet is into him. Just based on her, her radio calls. Um, and that's when I got suspicion that maybe Violet's the killer. What did you guys think at this point? Who's your, your candidate for the killer? Yeah, so that's the same thing with me. I think Shaq's hint was, you know, someone calls in all the time asking to play songs for you and they love Chardonnay or something. And a few scenes earlier when Hubie is in the diner, we see that she tries to get him a glass of Chardonnay. So that's kind of the first link there that connected us back with, oh, well, it's probably Violet. Um, yeah, so so I had the same thing with the Chardonnay, and they were connecting it with Violet, but 
I also didn't get the whole thing of why that would be the killer that he's just like, it's someone that, you know, likes him. Like, I figured that it was just Violet calling in that she liked him, but I didn't think that that was like the actual killer. Well, I kind of made the connection that, you know, the 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 monster was going after all the people that were bullying Hubie. And so that's kind of how I made that the connection between Violet and the monster. Hubie actually ends up working with the police and he's wearing a bug. So they're talking to him while in the surveillance van while he's talking to Violet. So then while they're there, he's saying, you know, call the number we have, see if it's Violet. And if her phone rings, then we know that she could be a suspect. So then they call the phone and that's when you get another horror trope. Uh, Hubie, the call's coming from inside your house. So that's when Hubie panics and he goes, I need to go steal a boat. He steals the boat. He gets back to his house. And this is another laugh out loud scene. He shows up to his house. His house has been TP'd for like the 26th consecutive Halloween. And the priest is hanging upside down from the tree in the front yard. I was dying. James, were you laughing there? No, I, I wasn't laughing there, honestly. We kind of skipped over all the parts that I... I laugh at like the very subtle parts of the movie. I didn't really laugh at like the things that they were going for, the big laughs. So then finally when he gets into the house, this is where he sees his mother's watching TV and on the end table next to her is the pumpkin mask and the glass of Chardonnay, right? Smoking gun. Right, so Hubie's mom is revealed as the killer and in the backyard we have all the bullies. Yep, they're all tied up to a tree with uh, a little bit of firewood underneath each one of them and they're constantly yelling at Hubie to try to get him out but also insulting them at the same time. And for some weird reason, uh, the police happen to show up at the exact time, and then the news crew shows up at the exact time, and then conveniently, the entire town, including Violet, is watching this all unfold live. I forget some of the messages he says in there, but do you guys remember them? The messages? Well, doesn't, like, his mother tries to reiterate to all these people that they're making fun of him, and he still has... So she goes one by one to each of the people, each of the bully crews and she goes she goes to the bully the young kid in high school and he's like i'm just trying to be cool so i make fun of him and she's like see he's insecure and then she goes to ray um, the couple the oh yeah the ray liotta yep and ray liotta's like well i'm not sure if you guys knew but i i told people i was dyslexic but i'm actually just dumb and everyone's like yeah no we knew you were dumb it's just like a little funny tip this is where it gets a little emotional you know it's the nice side of the movie yeah, so this is really kind of like the, the powerful conclusion to this movie. We have Hubie's mom ends up actually trying to set them on fire, which probably would have seriously injured, if not killed these people. And Hubie takes out his thermos, of course, with one drop of soup left and douses out the match before it hits the gasoline-covered firewood. After this, the bullies are still making fun of him, to which... That's when the mom goes on the rant about how all of you only make fun of him because you're insecure when he's nothing but good to everybody. You didn't deserve to be saved, and he did it anyway. And that's kind of like the moment where they all start to kind of break down. So in the end, Hubie becomes the mayor of the town, and everyone starts to love him. And he ends up on top. He ends up marrying Violet and... um you know, all the bullies, even like the little middle schoolers start to respect him in the end of the movie. And it kind of just reiterates that the people who were bullies in high school, they ended up as kind of the losers in the town, like alone and just 
kind of mad about where they ended up. So it kind of reiterates the whole fact of if you're nice, you'll all come around in the end, like it did for Hubie. On the next episode of Binged, The Queen's Gambit. <laughs>